In the late 1800s, the legitimate combat sport of wrestling was the biggest sport in America, bigger than boxing, bigger than baseball. But at the turn of the century, athletes began to work matches, giving birth to what we know today as professional wrestling, an athletic form of theater that revolves around mock combat. But despite its choreographed nature, sports entertainment has a long and dark history. From steroid scandals and real-life screw jobs to in-ring deaths and murder, the squared circle has proven to be one of the most dangerous environments in athletics. This is the story of art imitating life. The kayfabe death of Vince McMahon, the real-life tragedy that abruptly put an end to the storyline, and the Wikipedia article that predicted it. And this is it came from the internet. Welcome back to the podcast for people who take everything this <laughs> read on the internet too seriously. I was getting confused. I was about to say the wrong opening to the other podcast. <laughs> Halfway through, I had to check myself. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. We survived the internet, so you don't have to. We spend too much time on the internet, so you don't have to. Yeah. Speaking of the internet, a bit of uh, bunker keeping. That's not, again, that's not the right line for the show. A bit of, I can't think of the internet themed equivalent yeah. to a bunker. We had one for it but, uh, from the data banks or something. From the server, server banks. Oh, yeah, a server update. I don't know. But I just wanted to do, we'll just call it housekeeping. So I set up a pod page for this podcast and for our other podcast, Disaster Artists, the movie survival podcast. Uh, pod page, it's a relatively new service, I think. And it pretty much just acts as your main website for your podcast. So it's all your episodes are there, but also it displays all your reviews across other platforms. You can also review True Pod page. You can also sign up to newsletters for podcasts there. You can, there's a contact form. It, it's pretty much like a website. It's just a homepage for a podcast. It's a really good service. Brilliant. I just signed up. Uh, I haven't paid for the domain or anything because I'm trying, after wasting a lot of money on disaster artists, I'm trying to spend none whatsoever on this. That's fair. So I'm going to put a link in the description. There will be a link tree with links to everything. But I suggest people sign up to that because it's probably the best or only way to get in contact with us from now on because I have completely abandoned all social media. I'm not even setting stuff up for this podcast. <laughs> like I'm not doing a Discord or Twitter or any of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a Discord for our other podcast, but... I, I just want one place to like check in with people. If people don't want to use it, they don't have to. But That's I'm not fine. doing a sub, mm-hmm. subreddit or any of that. I did set up a message board as kind of a joke because it was like, um, hope maybe that maybe we'll still use that because I like the idea of having an old school message board. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, the pod page is probably the best way to get in touch. There is also a really good feature, which I guess we will call a tip line. But you can you can leave uh-huh. uh, voicemails. So if people have any oh, uh, cool. any hot tips for an internet mystery, they could get in touch with us there. Or like if we were doing certain a certain themed episode, like say we're doing something, I don't know, like a paranormal thing. Or I don't know, we just wanted people's experiences for something. They could yep. leave us uh, a voicemail and we could include them on the episode. That's a great idea. Yeah. But actually, yeah, be wary of that. At least if you are sending us a voicemail, there is a chance we will use it in the show. Unless you yeah. specify not to, but... 
Yeah. If you send us a tip about like some crazy internet story you read, we might use it in, if we do that episode, we might use that clip in the episode. So just be careful of what you say about yourself, where you are, that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or who you implicate uh, <laughs> in your mystery. Uh, I think most people, if you're listening to a podcast like this, you're probably pretty careful of giving away yeah. too much details anyway. <laughs> As people are like, oh yeah, you know, my name's uh, John Murphy and my sister Sarah Murphy, she works for the Pentagon and she told me this. <laughs> yeah, just maybe just go like, I know someone who told me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think that could be a good a good sort of way to house everything related to the podcast. I, I haven't used it enough. Like I'm hoping there's like a kind of a, a blog feature and then we can put up any links we have to or sources to things we're talking about. We can just put them there because we've yeah, never really had had a singular space for a podcast we've done where everything is just together. And I think this is probably the best version of it. Yeah, it's a good way to go. And we did have the website for Disaster Artists for a while, but it costed me way too much money for the traffic it was getting. So it was good for SEO, but that was it. And now, as we learned last week, SEO might be bullshit with the dead internet. Yeah, it might just be AI <laughs> just talking to another AI about nothing. But yeah, that's all the housekeeping I had really. But since I mentioned you can review us on it, you should review us there or anywhere you listen to us iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it now, Amazon and uh, Spotify. There's just on Spotify, it's very simple. You just have to go in and just rate us five stars. If you're listening to us on Spotify, no reason not to rate us. Only takes you a second. In fact, do it now. We'll wait. There, that was exactly one second. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> right, will we get into the episode? Yeah, yeah. What do you got for me? So on a scale of one to ten, Shane, how much of a pro wrestling fan are you probably a one <laughs> 0.5 i was about to say that thing people always do it like on a scale of one to ten ten being the highest yeah why do people say that when is ten one to ten how would ten be the lowest yeah. <laughs> but anyway uh so a one yeah yeah I've, i watched wrestling as a kid and haven't followed it at all i, I, I follow Stephen amell on uh, instagram does that count uh, well, didn't he, he? Did he fight at WrestleMania? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I guess it counts. But you know, you know enough about you know who the big players are. You know who Vince McMahon is and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ah, yeah, I know Steve Austin and um, Mankind or Cactus Jack and Undertaker and of course Hulk Hogan was back in the day and then like Triple H and those kind of that kind of like late nineties would be where it probably maxed out. You know. Uh, playing video games. Do you know Finn Balor? No. Also known as Fergal Devitt? No, you don't You don't listen to me at all. That's the guy that he's with WWE now that me and Richie trained with. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Thinking that. Um, have you heard of a wrestler known as the Rabid Wolverine? No, I've never heard of them. Okay, well, we're going to be talking about him a bit today. And for a lot of people, this might sound like you've no interest in this but i promise yeah. this is like the golden state killer episode this comes together in the end with how it relates to the internet but there is just a bit of like meandering and preamble i have to do oh yeah you gotta set up the story you gotta set it up yeah and first thing i need to do is actually explain a few terms and you you probably know these already just because we don't know what I, I remember being a very good episode of our very very first podcast 
like a decade ago now. Oh yeah, but wrestling. Yeah, we done an episode on, on this history podcast we had about like wrestling back in the twenties or well, nineteen eighteen, I think. But anyway, yeah. So you might know a few of these terms, but for listeners, I just need to go through them. So the main one is kayfab, and can you remember what kayfab means? No. So kayfab is the term used to describe uh, the practice of portraying professional wrestling as real. So, Oh, yes. You never break the fourth wall. Yeah. yeah, like fans know it's scripted, but kayfab just includes everything from characters and storyline to the matches themselves. And there, there used to be a rule about just never breaking kayfab. Obviously, nowadays that's relaxed more and more. But some wrestlers still like to, uh, for certain instances they'll keep up kayfab as long as possible like yeah. john cena is a good example like sometimes he, he might go on jimmy kimmel to promote a movie and he's just like the real john cena but if he happens to be in a big storyline at the time if he's asked about it he'll like portray it as re- real like he'll talk about his opponent in a negative light or whatever yeah yeah That's i guess cool. it, the way to compare it would be if you think of like Daniel Craig as James in the James Bond movie. Daniel Craig is like it's KFAP. He's playing James Bond, but then sometimes, like say at an Oscar show, they might do a little segment where he comes out on stage as James Bond. So he's still that's still <laughs> KFAP. But when he's doing a press conference talking about the movie, he's breaking KFAP. Oh, Just, yeah, that's okay. how it would be in wrestling terms. Yeah. yeah. So another term is an angle. Uh, so that's just. Uh, an angle is the scripted storyline. So anything from a feud that's going to lead to a match or just a storyline, basically anything that creates excitement among fans, they just refer to that as an angle. Yeah. Then there's a work. So when workler, ugh, when workers, when wrestlers, <laughs> when, when I got so tongue tied there, not even tongue tied, I got like jaw tied. <laughs> workler is a great word. Sorry. It sounds like it could be a term. Like a wrestling term. <laughs> so when, when wrestlers work a match, that's like them performing uh, just a choreographed match. But it also includes, it doesn't just include the match, but um, it, if they're, they will work an angle. So when they're portraying a storyline, they're working an angle. Yeah. Uh, anything that within KFAB oh, okay, is referred yeah. to as a work. So, yeah. um, and then the opposite of that, is a shoot. So when a wrestler goes off script and starts speaking for themselves, or which happens, used to happen quite a lot when the, a lot of times back in the day, if a wrestler didn't want to lose the title, but they were meant to, oh, yeah. they would just start shooting on their opponent and like start fighting for real and just pin oh, them yeah, yeah. to keep the title. And that's known as a shoot, but it goes for what happens in the ring and what happens on the mic. Yeah, yeah. It tends to only really happen nowadays on the mic. Oh yeah, so that's when like, Iron Sheik is telling guys he's going to fuck them in the ass and stuff. <laughs> well, I think that was just him. He just, that was him cutting a promo. I think he thought yeah. that was just appropriate. <laughs> no, but there's times like it's happened a lot where like wrestlers will like, they'll be set to like cut a promo. Yeah. And if they have any grievances towards like management, they will just take that opportunity once they have a mic in hand. Yeah. And yeah. Just like start going off script and telling it. Um. There's a very famous, it's kind it's actually a work, but um, CM Punk done like a worked shoot once that like made headlines where he pretty much, 
he was leaving WWE and he just aired all his grievances on mic. Wow. Spent like 15 minutes just shitting on the company and then eventually was his mic was just cut off. That's brilliant. So it's it's always fun when it happens. <laughs> uh, but that one was kind of a work, which brings us to the term mark. A mark is someone who buys into the emotion and characteristics of a storyline. And pretty much all wrestling fans are marks, but just to different levels. But nowadays it's kind of used more of a, more as a term of, I guess, a derogatory term. Like if you mark, if you're a mark, it means you fell for something that clearly is just entertainment. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's used on the, on the internet a lot. Yeah. yeah. So that's that out of the way. Not really important, yeah. but just because they'll they'll come up. So just so people know what they mean, roughly. Yeah, I think most people can probably figure it out anyway. They're not that complicated. Basically, it just sounds like the sort of terms like con artists use in an early two thousands heist movie. Yeah, well, it all comes from a carny lingo. I think kfab originally yeah. is a current carny term. I was going to. Do you know what the origins of that word are? We probably went into it in that. Uh, yesterday's news episode but it was nearly a decade ago so i can't remember but i'm sure we did go into it but i, I know it's from it's carny lingo but i couldn't tell you what um the word like if it meant something in fucking latin or something <laughs> yeah like it was probably like the name of some like guy that owned a carnival who just like made everybody stick to the storyline so much like his name was shane kfab so they just <laughs> called it KFAB or something like that. Okay, so now I need to tell you a little bit about the Rabid Wolverine. Oh, yeah. A professional wrestler. So he was a Canadian... Well, first of all, have you... You haven't heard of him. You said that. Name doesn't sound familiar. No, no. It's, not. it's a pretty catchy name, though. But So he was a Canadian professional wrestler who was born in Montreal, Quebec on May 21st, 1967. He began... He began his wrestling career at the age of 18, training in the legendary Hart Dungeon under, under the guidance of Stu Hart in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, Stu Hart is the father of Bret Hart. You know Bret Hart, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. He's like a, a legendary wrestler figure, trained a lot of guys. He had a, a they called it his dungeon, it was just the basement of his house, but he was um, a legit like shoot fighter. So he used to kind of torture people. <laughs> it's it's mad there's a, a Bret Hart documentary and they show him training guys and Stu is like well into his 80s at this point and he's just yeah. beating the living shit out of like 20 year olds <laughs> that's pretty like he's just getting them in holes and he's just like now you see here you see where I have my thumb if I just do this and then he clenches dad bust your windpipe <laughs> And the guy's just like tapping out. He's like, I see, sir. I see, sir. <laughs> it's mad. Uh, but uh, so, so he trained with him and um, Stu Hart also ran uh, Stampede Wrestling. So that's where he kind of debuted. Yeah. As a professional wrestler when he was only like 18. Uh, and he competed in various promotions around the world in Canada, Japan and Mexico. Uh, New Japan Pro was the big one. That's a huge promotion in Japan. Um, he won a couple of championships there. And in 1992, he returned to America and signed with World Championship Wrestling. World Championship Wrestling, that was like a southern promotion. Oh, it's WCW. 
Yeah, WCW. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, they were the big rival. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, he continued to establish himself to, himself there. He was, you know, always kind of a mid-card guy because he was, you know, it's so funny to say this, but he was considered a smaller guy. Oh, okay. But in wrestling, in, in wrestling, that means, oh, he was only, he's only, he's only six foot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know if you, he might like be 5'10". <laughs> yeah, he might be 5'10", actually. But either way, he's like, yeah, he, he's, he's like 5'10 in height, but he's like, he's the same size in shoulder, shoulder width. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just a big, muscly, stocky guy. Way bigger than either of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when he returned to America, he, yeah, he was with WCW for a while, then ended up in ECW, which is Extreme Championship Wrestling. Oh, yeah. In 1994. And it was there he earned the nickname The Crippler. Ooh. Uh, by, the, by the owner uh, and head booker, Paul Heyman. Uh, he earned this name after breaking a fellow opponent's neck, Sabu, a guy called Sabu. Jesus. Yeah, but now... This is a funny one. The Wolverine, we'll call him. It's a better name. Uh, he was kind of hurt by this because he prided himself on like taking care of his opponents. Yeah, yeah. And he was kind of too nice to admit it. So he kind of just accepted that he was in had a crippler, but he just didn't like the name. And I think the, he was just too nice because it was totally the other guy's fault. Because in pro wrestling, it's typically the person taking the move that's doing the work. Yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan, you just hear about Hulk Hogan like body slamming Andre the Giant. That was because Andre the Giant allowed him to. That was because he propped himself up yeah. on top of Hulk Hogan and allowed him to be slammed. Like yeah, isn't it, isn't it usually a case of like the person who looks like they're doing their hurting is usually probably the person in the most pain in that situation? Well, I don't think anybody's really in pain. I think the guy taking the abuse is still always going to be the one in pain, if there is pain. Yeah, yeah. But when you like but- see... So for wrestlers, you'd know when you see like a guy like Shawn Michaels fighting The Undertaker. And obviously yeah. the story to that match would be, well, The Undertaker's massive. He's just going to beat the hell. He's just going to beat the hell out of Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels will cheat to win at the end. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is the one doing all the work because he's the one been flung across the ring. So he's the one who has to worry about landing properly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, and plus it's like 99% of wrestling maneuvers have no, they just don't work in a real life scenario at all. Like, yeah, you know, you can't like jump up, grab a man's head by your legs and spin him and then like use your force to then make him somersault into the air. That just, that is impossible to, to work legit. <laughs> what actually happens there, the person who's reacting to the move is just like doing a somersault and making it yeah. look like you flung him over. So it's yeah. the guy doing the somersault that's doing the work. And that's yeah, essentially yeah, what, what happened in this instance, Sabu just fucked up. Uh, and this wrestler, Sabu, is known to fuck up. In ECW, they used to have a chant whenever he'd make a mistake. The entire audience would just chant, You fucked up! You fucked up! <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't the Wolverine's fault. And he fucked up so bad, he broke his own neck, basically. Yeah. Wolverine. It might have been like, and it might have been like the second time he'd done it. Like... <laughs> He's, and he probably done like four times since. Sabu is an absolute fucking maniac. He's like covered in scar. He was one of those guys who had like barbed wire matches and shit. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like a Mick Foley. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, so the Wolverine returned to WCW in 95. 
he joined a, the new iteration of the Four Horsemen, which was a stable led by Ric Flair. And he continued to just win a few titles or whatever. But uh, it was also here where he met his wife, who she went by a very simple ring name. You like this? She was just called Woman. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like bitch or something <laughs> no, just like, woman. woman is just really funny She's just... yeah and she was a member she was a member of this like group called the Dungeon of Doom they were kind of like this barbaric satanic cult so like woman just kind of fit her and if you even look at her especially <laughs> in that time period you're like oh yeah woman is just the perfect name <laughs> But um, yeah, so he he um, he started a relationship with her. It started as a storyline, and then like became morphed into reality. Uh, we'll come back to that because that's important. Uh, at the time, she was married to a guy named Kevin Sullivan. Uh, he actually was a booker at WCW, and for some reason, <laughs> you're you're a married man, so see how how you'd feel about this. He was married to yeah. woman and he wanted to enter into a feud with the rabbit wolverine and so in storyline yeah. the rabbit wolverine would steal woman from him oh, okay he met he wanted them to uh, live the gimmick he he wanted them to never break kfab yeah. so he would have them stay in the same hotel room yeah hold hands in public he wanted them to go to dinner together. Yeah. <laughs> and then was surprised when six months later she asked for a divorce because her and the Wolverine had fallen in love. Oh, man. That's <laughs> hilarious. But does that sound like... Was that a cook fetish or something? Was he... There had to be something there, yeah. <laughs> or was he just trying to get rid of her? <laughs> <laughs> Like he's trying to just set his wife up with this other guy. And then you spend all your time together. And stuff. Or maybe he just didn't. He was so, I think it happens a lot where they get so invested in the world of wrestling and their storylines yeah. that they don't think about anything else. No, it's it's kind of like next level method acting, isn't it? They just go beyond and become, they become who they're pretending to be so much that... They essentially become marks themselves. Yeah, like you're literally waking up in the morning and being like, I'm going to kill you. Like you're just like looking at yourself in the mirror being like, you're going to kill that motherfucker. You hate that guy. Even though like the night before you probably went out for dinner with them and had a good chat like and talk about the good or you're backstage like working together just trying to like get the moves right and come up with really cool moves for a fight and stuff. Some of them don't and some of them do. It's funny like... There's wrestlers who just completely, it's just an entertainment job. for A lot of them see it as like they're, they're essentially theatre kids who yeah. are, are more athletic than normal theatre kids and they like lifting weights. And that's yeah. it. They're just, that's the, and then there's other ones who, who just take it way too seriously. There's, there's a wrestler called CM Punk. He's been around for a few years now. Yeah. And... He always thought, like, in every promo he cuts, whether it's, like, kayfab or a shoot, he always refers to himself as being the best in the world. Like, that he's the best wrestler in the world. And it's such a weird thing for... I understand that if you're, like, a boxer or a UFC fighter and you hold an actual championship that you fought for. Oh, yeah. 
it's therefore I'm the best in the world. Yeah. But a wrestler saying it, like a pro wrestler, that's more like an like, like Robert De Niro being like, I'm the best actor in the world. You don't need to watch any other movies with any other actors because I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, or, I don't know, fucking Freddie Mercury just announcing <laughs> bef- before every show that you don't need to go to any other concert this year because I'm the best in the world. Because <laughs> it's entertainment. It's like there's always room for the second best. Like, And it's very, it's arbitrary when it's entertainment to who is the best. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I think this Kevin Sullivan guy, maybe he just took it too seriously. Maybe he wanted, he just wanted to set them up. I don't know. It just sounds like a bizarre thing to do to take that storyline so far (laughs) to make your wife stay in a hotel room with the man who's meant to be taking her from you in a storyline. And how you don't think that that might not work out in your favour. Just letting your wife stay in a hotel room with another man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose it's probably weirder if you don't have the excuse that, oh, it's for a storyline for a wrestling show. I guess that kind of helps it. But also just sounds like a bad excuse. Yeah. But like, even for them to just be seen entering the hotel is probably enough. You know what I mean? You would think, but also the only people that are like, they're doing a show and like, say they just happen to be touring and they're in like Wisconsin. Yeah. And it just happens that like, they're staying in a, a hotel where like somebody who traveled to Wisconsin for the show yeah, just happens to be staying too. So it's like one fan might see you yeah. and that's or it. Or 10 maybe max. But even if, it, yeah. yeah, but even if it's 50, it probably isn't even, it's not like it's going to hit the newsstand. No. It's pro wrestling. Like it's not like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is before the days of like the internet. So. Yeah, it's so unnecessary. Like, yeah. Is, is, is the thinking that those like, say there is 50, that they're going to the show the next day being like, can you all believe we saw them going to the same hotel room? <laughs> like telling everybody. <laughs> but either way, uh, like it does seem that their affair did cause, cause problems in WCW because he was still like a booker and oh, yeah. uh, the Wolverine started being booked very poorly as well as some of his friends, which caused them to actually leave the company and head for WWE, WWF at the time. Oh, yeah. And so Kev, Kevin Sullivan, so many of them left, so many of their, like, well, I think it was like four, but there were four pretty good, like, big stars. Yeah. Sullivan was apparently fired the day after they left, so there was a bit of bad blood there. So the Rabbit Wolverine continued in WWE, and he got much more attention here. He actually ended up, like, headlining WrestleMania, won the World Championship, became a wow. pretty massive star. Uh, and that's kind of, like, enough background on him. But now we're going to have to take a little detour and talk about WWE's Vengeance Night of Champion pay-per-view. Uh, this aired on the 24th of June, 2007. Sorry, I was just thinking there, that would have been, you'd have just, you'd have just turned 21. Am I right there? When? What year? Sorry. Uh, 2007. Uh, I turned 22 that year, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, Randy Couture's birthday, more importantly. Yeah. Sorry, just said. <laughs> uh, no, I met you. Oh, I met you 2006. Yeah, we, we, we've been together longer than that. Yeah. No, it would have been, would have been 20, 2000s. God, I, I can't even remember. I met, I met my wife in 2007. Oh, yeah. Okay. I knew. Uh, we, I think we started college together in 2006. That sounds right. Yeah. Like September. 
What do we mean, the start of the semester? Yeah, yeah. So we were, yeah, we were first year together, 2006 into 2007, you know, like to June. Right. Yeah. yeah. You might guess from the name of this pay-per-view, uh, The Night of Champions. Uh, <laughs> okay. The, the gimmick was that all nine titles within the company, within WWE, would be online yeah. that night. Wow. So including uh, the ECW Championship, uh, ECW brand, that, that went defunct in like 1998, I think. But Vince McMahon, as he tends to do, he swallows up his competition. Yeah. And he, he bought ECW and then relaunched it in like, 2005 i think oh yeah uh, he never re- funnily, he never relaunched any other company he bought up but he, re- he relaunched ecw for some reason so the ecw title was going to be on the line uh with cm punk defending against the rabid wolverine uh-huh. but some fans or to some fans none of those title matches on the card were as interesting seeing how the pay-per-view might further a recent and really bizarre storyline dreamt up by the craziest billionaire of them all, Vince McMahon. (laughs) You see, only a couple of weeks prior to Vengeance Night of Champions, on the June 12th edition of Monday Night Raw, WWE's main weekly show, Vince McMahon, or Mr. McMahon, which is how he distinguishes his character from the real him, Oh yeah. In in cave in KFAB, he's Mr. McMahon. Uh, yeah, and he actually wrestles. I love that. I think it's, I love I used to whenever whenever I did watch it, I was my favorite was when he'd come out giving out to somebody, telling them they can't do something, and then they'd like slam him through a table or whatever. Yeah. Or, or like, well he became, he'd always lose because he was because he was a bad guy, because he was boss. I used to love yeah, that. He made himself like the biggest heel in the company. Mm. And that was completely by accident. Like that was never planned. Yeah, what happened there, quick detour, but um, in the late 90s, Bret Hart signed, he he went to WCW because they were paying him more money. Yeah, yeah. And in his last match, he didn't want to drop the title to Shawn Michaels because one, he really hated Shawn Michaels (laughs) and the pay-per-view was in Canada and he didn't want to lose in, in his home country. And so they made an agreement that he would just, the match would end in a disqualification and the next night on Raw, he would just drop the title. But McMahon yeah. didn't trust him. McMahon was paranoid that Bret Hart would take his title to the rival company. <laughs> so they, en- they ended up at the end of the match. There's a, a Shawn Michaels gets Bret Hart in like a submission hold, and v- Vince McMahon is like by beside the ring, and he just gets the ref to ring the bell to pretend Bret Hart tapped out. Ah, it wasn't a storyline. It was a complete shoot. Yeah, yeah, and so he he screwed he screwed Brett, as they say, and he just became a villain. Seven days ago at the Survivor Series, did you or did you not screw Bret Hart? Some would say I screwed Bret Hart. Bret Hart would definitely tell you I screwed him. I look at it from a different standpoint. I look at it from the standpoint of the referee did not screw Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels certainly did not screw Bret Hart. Nor did Vince McMahon screw Bret Hart. I truly believe that Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. And he can look in the mirror and know that. That's brilliant. He wasn't a character on TV at that point. He was just a commentator. It wasn't even no. They never even referred to him in, in KFAB as the owner of WWE. He was just a commentator. He's just a guy who was there. Yeah, but then like that kind of changed it all. That's brilliant. 
Well, yeah, Vince McMahon was crazy. And the crazy storyline that uh, people wanted to tune into this pay-per-view to see if there was any updates to it was Vince McMahon within KFAB had been killed off two weeks prior <laughs> in a limousine explosion just as Raw went off the air. Yeah, they went that far. Yeah. And on the episode of Raw the following week, uh, they aired like tributes to McMahon. Yeah. With various wrestlers and personalities uh, paying their respects, including uh, former president Donald Trump. <laughs> I think I remember this. this is, even yeah. though like, I didn't really watch wrestling at the time, I just remember this being, I don't know, like in the zeitgeist. I remember seeing footage of his limo blowing up. Am I right in saying that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you would have. It was pretty big news because it was bizarre. You probably... You probably told me about it at the time because we knew each other at the time this happened. Um, Possibly. Yeah, I'd say like we were just around the table and I'm sure there was a few of us talking about it because there was other... Yeah, yeah. There was actual... I I always kind of like dipped in and out of pro wrestling, but I know there was one guy in particular, Noel, yeah, who yeah. was like a massive wrestling fan. Wasn't Phil as well, yeah. He could have been, yeah. I, I can't really remember. But like they treated it completely like so Raw ended that week with the explosion and the following yeah. week they had like tributes to him they even like had all the wrestlers coming out to the ring and they done like the 10 bell salute <laughs> and the moments of silence and then ladies and gentlemen as you all may have heard Mr. McMahon's limo exploded it is presumed Mr. McMahon is deceased and as a result the Smackdown superstars are out here to pay their respects Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, would you all please rise and give a moment of silence as we toll the bell for Mr. McMahon. It was so, they treated it so, with such like earnest, or treated it earnestly, like, but like most of the fans know that this is a storyline so they're like having fun with it and booing <laughs> and the commentators are just like this, the, these are the most I never thought I'd say this about our own fans but this is the most sorry disrespectful bunch I've ever I've ever seen in my life <laughs> like they just took it so seriously you know Michael this is pathetic this man is a father of two children he's a grandfather of three he gave these people happiness all these years and yet people catcalling and booing this guy's like a father figure to me and let me tell you something this is embarrassing to the city of Philadelphia. This is embarrassing to wrestling. This is embarrassing, period. This is, this is disgusting. It's pathetic. That's the way to do it, though. Yeah. It is, but the weird thing about it is that they portrayed it with all the sincerity and realism as real-life tribute shows that they'd done in the past. So when... Oh, I suppose, yeah. You know, after the tragic death of Ownhart, who died in... I guess the other notorious WWE pay-per-view and there was a wrestler yeah. Eddie Guerrero died only two years prior yeah. and they'd done the same kind of show and that was uh, the only reason the storyline kind of worked because audiences were familiar with it yeah. but they were familiar with it because of real life instances yeah it's a bit of a grey area yeah yeah and now I mentioned the two real wrestlers that died Two of the many, but uh, Owen Hart and Eddie Guerrero, the rabid Wolverine would have been friends with both of them. Yeah. 
having trained under Owen's father and being best friends with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, it's just yeah. worth mentioning because, you know, it might be weird if you're a wrestler and they're doing this fake storyline yeah, and mimicking things that happen to real friends of yours. Uh, but yeah, so for a lot of fans, the storyline was in poor taste. Uh, and I'm guessing you agree with that. Definitely. Well, and it gets worse because despite WWE even putting a warning uh, before the show, which I've never seen them doing before. Yeah. Uh, they put a warning that says like the following is a f- depicts or is a work of fiction. Um, news media actually started like running crazy with trying to debunk the hoax. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is funny to think about like, that's like a character being killed off in The Walking Dead. And the yeah, media being like, well, we're going to debunk it. Uh, but yeah, they went as far as to track down the, the special effects team that worked on the limousine explosion and do an interview with them to confirm that Vince McMahon wasn't in fact dead. What an absolute waste of any journalist's time. <laughs> it is. But also, like, when the media start trying to debunk something it only kind of lends credence to the sort of internet conspiracy community to, uh, or not even the conspiracy community, but you even see headlines on a newspaper where they're trying to prove this was a hoax. Yeah. It gives it more validity that it might be real. Yeah. Because though most people didn't actually uh, believe it, there was a lot of people on the internet that, did think Defensive McMahon was actually dead. Yeah, of course. And I do remember a guy from back home who's much older than me <laughs> uh, should have known better, but he did think that it was real. And for that re- for the reason that the only other times WWE had done anything like this was... Fair enough. Yeah, but also I think in reality, most people who thought this might be real weren't actually watching the product and just saw like clips on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, if you were yeah. if you were actually watching Raw, it was very clear this was a a work because they had like FBI investigators backstage at Raw interviewing wrestlers, <laughs> like you know, like live showing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a, clearly a storyline, and like this is one of these things I completely like blanked from my memory. But as as you're saying this, I remember it being a whole thing of. Oh, didn't Vince McMahon die like back in 2007 <laughs> and then learning, oh no, that was part of a storyline. Um, because as someone who didn't watch it, like, yeah, yeah, that's, it's, that's really familiar. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I can, I guess it's just entered the zeitgeist. Yeah. Because it was kind of like a, a who shot Mr. Burns thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, Simpsons was already kind of going downhill at that point. No, Well, not nobody was watching. Loads of people were watching. But you just, yeah, yeah. whether you were watching or not, everybody knew about that. Yeah. Yeah, so that storyline was ongoing. So it was a pretty big thing. Uh, probably like still one of the biggest storylines they ever done just because of how nuts it was. But back, just to go back to the Night of Champions pay-per-view. So the McMahon death storyline wasn't really moved along on that pay-per-view because... That tends to be, they tend to keep that type type of thing for TV where like more people can see it. Yeah, of course. Pay-per-views are more about the actual matches, like they're the the sort of climax of feuds. So the end of the match, but uh, the TV shows are where stories kind of start and progress more. But they did announce that the following night's Monday Monday Night Raw 
would be a proper three-hour memorial show to Vince McMahon. Like, they were just a full memorial show to Vince McMahon. So, like, this has already been three weeks now of pure, like, tributes to McMahon. Like, crazy how serious they were taking it. And a lot of people were were marking for it, I guess. But the uh, Vince McMahon memorial show would never happen. Oh. But someone else's did. You see... The Rabbit Wolverine, he uh, no-showed to that pay-per-view. He was scheduled to fight for the ECW title. Okay. And he had to be replaced the last minute. Yeah. He had also missed a house show the previous day. A house show is the shows they, the non-televised shows they do to a live audience. Kind of where they make their money, really. Yeah. And so that only added to concern and the internet speculation. Curiously, not long after... The Night of Champions pay-per-view went off the air. His Wikipedia page was updated, stating that he missed the show due to personal issues stemming from the death of his wife. Ah. The post was removed within an hour with a, a Wikipedia moderator saying, you can't just post something like this without any citation. Yeah, of course. The following day, as WWE was preparing the big Vince McMahon memorial show, the rabid wolverine was still uncounted for. Yeah. This led to WWE calling Atlanta police, uh, where he lived, requesting a welfare check. Okay, yeah. So it's now been 14 hours since the Wikipedia entry was made and, and deleted. And the law enforcement officers discovered the bodies of the rabid wolverine, more famously known as Chris Benoit. Yeah. His wife, Nancy, and... Seven-year-old son, Daniel. Ugh. Now, I fucked up earlier and I said his name, but I was trying not to say his actual name for that entire... Yeah, I was confused by that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted you. I wanted to tell the story as it would have happened, because if you know it's Chris Benoit... Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it changes... Yeah, yeah, because I knew he... The story. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to go into what Chris Benoit actually done. There's a million true crime podcasts to cover it. Yeah, yeah. And granted, most of them get everything wrong, but <laughs> that's just the nature of true crime podcasts. But it was mur- it was murder-suicide, basically, wasn't it? He murders his wife and child. Yeah. Uh, and then committed suicide over the course of a weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten a kid was involved in that. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a horrendous story. Yeah, it's horrible. Of course, that was the big story then. That's probably why we ended up talking about this in 2007 in college. And the whole Vince man faking his death thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, so you can imagine the very instant reaction after this announcement by some fans online was that it was part of the current McMahon storyline. Yes, of course. (laughs) That there was a a serial killer operating within (laughs) the, the KFAB world of WWE. Oh, okay. They weren't sure it was real. That yeah. Now this was it was mostly due to the fact that WWE announced it on their website before any news outlets. Yeah, yeah. Because it was them that called the for the welfare check. Yeah. Uh, so they were the first to know, and also they currently were promoting a memorial show for Vince McMahon. So they really had to change plans very quickly. So they oh. needed to announce this straight away. The speculations on the internet. I, <laughs> This is 2007, so there's very little traces of it. Yeah, of course. But some have been been archived, and there is there's a back and forth with groups of people talking about whether it was real or not. Yeah, yeah. But the speculation kind of 
when you hear people talking about it, they talk about it as if like people were speculating for days if if it was real or not. Yeah, yeah. It, it was probably about forty minutes <laughs> because we do quickly start to notice that uh, pretty much every trace of the Vince McMahon storyline had been completely removed from WWE.com. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, and, yeah. and that was the clue that okay, yeah, no, this is real. Yeah, yeah. So later that night for Raw. Uh, in what is now seen as, and what I even thought then, a, a very poor decision uh, was made. Vince McMahon appeared in an empty arena, out of character, so in a shoot, yeah, uh, yeah. announcing they would be scrapping the storyline with Vince McMahon and that tonight would instead be a memorial show to the legacy of Chris Benoit. Good evening. Tonight this arena here in Corpus Christi, Texas was to have been filled to capacity with enthusiastic WWE fans. Tonight's storyline was to have been the alleged demise of my character, Mr. McMahon. However, in reality, WWE superstar Chris Benoit, his wife Nancy, and their son Daniel are dead. Their bodies were discovered this afternoon in their new suburban Atlanta home. The authorities are undergoing an investigation. We here in the WWE can only offer our condolences to the extended family of Chris Benoit. And the only other thing we can do at this moment is tonight pay tribute to Chris Benoit. We'll offer you some of the most memorable moments in Chris's professional life. And you'll hear tonight comments from his peers, those here, his fellow performers, those here who loved Chris and admired him so much. So tonight will be a three-hour tribute to one of the greatest WWE superstars of all time. Tonight will be a tribute to Chris Benoit. Wow, not knowing it was murder-suicide, obviously, at that point. Not knowing it was a murder-suicide, but I remember at the time, like, when I, I'll be honest, when I, for, I, I specifically remember seeing that news article, or the update on WWE.com or whatever. I, I probably saw it on MySpace, actually. That was probably the site <laughs> yeah, where I saw it yeah. at the time. I remember seeing that, and for, for like, a few minutes, I thought, yeah, this is clearly just storyline. Oh. And then like, you know, I had a, a, mo- a moment where I was like, no, of course, you're not going to go that far. And then my second thought was, oh shit, he killed his wife and kid. Yeah, Like yeah. it took me five minutes of thought to think that, well, this is clearly a murder-suicide. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who in WWE allowed this to happen. Like, I guess they knew him so they didn't want to believe it. Yeah, this thing. But... And it was it happened very quick. Like they just, you can imagine the stress they were under because they had this whole show for a fake memorial to Vince McMahon planned, yeah. and now had to change it to a real memorial. Uh-huh. Like I guess I can see how you might, it might you might be so busy that the thought that he'd done this himself to his family just might never occur to you. Yeah, that's, oh, that's bonkers. But you would just think there'd be somebody. Yeah, we just think maybe we need to, but uh, but no, I get from the like 
big media corporation point of view of is oh one of our stars or two of our stars have died like we need to we need to acknowledge it and do a tribute i get i get like the immediate and, and like and then there's always there's going to be the guys like think of the ratings we'll get for this you know <laughs> i get that that's the instinct and that's the direction they go in but maybe just wait a few days <laughs> till you know yeah I, I think like when the like the following day ecw aired then the following day which is also a wwe product and vince mcmahon appeared on that this is when they now know like within 24 hours everybody knows yeah or at least i guess hasn't been proven yet but it's now revealed the main line of investigation by the police. Yeah. And that's where McMahon announces that his name will never be mentioned on air again. Wow. And it's pretty much dead to that. I think there's been a few times where it's just kind of had to be mentioned, but they've yeah. um, pretty much wiped him out of WWE history. Even like the main event at whatever WrestleMania he main invented and won the world title. Oh, yeah. When you buy that on like DVD or when you watch it on their streaming service now, there's just no main event. Really? That's yeah. nuts. <laughs> it's like they just erased him. Like that. Yeah, there's even like the, there's a, a DVD collection of like Shawn Michaels was always known as Mr. WrestleMania. Like he put on yeah, the yeah. best WrestleMania matches and they released like a huge box set of all his WrestleMania matches. But the match where he fought Ben Law is just left out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mental. I mean, I can understand that too, especially after you've kind of made the mistake of doing the the memorial show. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah they, they. If they never did the memorial show, maybe they wouldn't be as like lean as much into this rule as not mentioning him ever. Yeah, yeah. they kind of they are. They kind of um, strangled themselves in the foot. I mean, sorry, shot themselves in the foot there. <laughs> but like, well, you know, if I. Well, first of all, if I was married and had a kid and like we're all found <laughs> dead one morning, would your instant reaction be, okay, like five hours after I hear this news, I'm going to like jump on the mic and do a tribute show to <laughs> Johnny? Yeah, that's... <laughs> like, <laughs> like really, even if you're like, you didn't want to believe it because you know me, wouldn't you just be like, maybe I'll wait. I'll wait until I've at least spoken with law enforcement and see what they're thinking. Um, now you see here's the problem with something like that is I think that would be really funny even if it was a really horrible tragic murder thing like that because because of maybe we should do it as a storyline do a kfab storyline because of our relationship and our humour our back and forth and I would probably make lots of jokes about it was most likely that I don't know anything yet, but it's most likely that Johnny is the one responsible for these deaths and things that I would just, I would just dig as deep as possible with, with me and that. Um, but that would apply specifically to our, our humor and our friendship. Um, yeah, so. yeah. That's like, you're like the first one to suggest that, like even mid podcast, you decide, I'm just going to update his Wikipedia page now just to. <laughs> I love the idea that it's just you recording a two-hour podcast by yourself yeah. as well as a tribute show. That'd be funny. They did the memorial show anyway. I remember watching some of it. Um, it is actually very sad to see like how broken up the wrestlers are and stuff. And you can just imagine how much worse yeah. it was the following day when they found out what had happened. Oh, uh, yeah. 
what actually fucking kills me about a lot of them who are good friends with Benoit, like the family, like extended family, obviously their lives were changed. But even yeah. like, it's funny because like, if just somebody, like say a mutual acquaintance of ours done something like this. Yeah, yeah. That's horrible to deal with. But us as just friends, we'd get over it. Yeah. But if somebody you're working with and especially in the public eye and you're associated with them, you have to spend the next 20 years every time you're doing an interview, it comes up. Yeah, that's the thing. It's... I've seen so many interviews. It'll be like Chris Jericho, like 10 years later, and he's on some podcast and they just bring up Crispin Wall. <laughs> you just have to live with talking about your one of your best friends murdering his family for the rest of your yeah. professional career. You can never get away from it. Like, yeah, it's totally different to... I don't know how they deal with it. I'd probably just... Re- if if I had made my a, f- a few million in wrestling, <laughs> yeah. I'd have just retired. Like, like, I don't want to answer these questions. Yeah, just get out life. of the public eye. Just Because, <laughs> well, the thing is, it nearly... That whole thing nearly ended WWE. Yeah, because... Wrestling I, as a like, whole. I remember the time everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's steroids to blame, and it's all this, and it's how they work, and there's this, and so many things and then there was loads, loads of stories about how it was about the like he had what is it uh, what's it called the ride rage yeah or repetitive concussion syndrome whatever it's called the thing footballers are famous for getting yeah uh, CTE yeah, yeah. brain injury um, different names for it that certainly seems to have played a part yeah, yeah. according to like his autopsy he had like the brain of an 80 year old Alzheimer's patient yeah yeah um, the ride rage was what the media yeah. went with, because you know it's pro wrestling, so steroids are the problem. And still to this day, I listened to a few uh, true crime podcasts recently, just to kind of to see what people are saying about it now, fifteen years later. Yeah, they're still going on that ride rage thing. Now, I'm not saying <laughs> ride rage isn't real. I don't even. I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor. Uh, neither are any of these true crime podcasters. But uh, he done this over the course of three days. That's not a rage. Yeah. Like he, he killed his wife on like the Friday and then his son on like Saturday night, Sunday morning and then himself Sunday night, Monday morning. And he sent texts to friends to tell the, he sent weird texts to like other wrestlers to um saying like uh, the dogs are in the shed beside the pool or something like that. Just to <laughs> let people know that like, you know, oh, t- make sure the dogs are fed. Yeah. Like don't, don't leave them in that room when you find their bodies or what, like that's what he meant by it. That's not a person in a rage. No, it was very much planned out. That sounds methodical to me. Um, yeah, or even if it wasn't, it might not have been planned out. It might have been maybe like it, the instant, like if he, whoever he killed first might have been a rage. But then like for it to happen over the course of a week, weekend, I, I don't think you can blame right rage on that. But no. Again, that's, I'm not a doctor. No, it's mental health issues. That's um, And then obviously I'm assuming... I'm assuming where you're going with this story is because you said it already. Uh, with the Wikipedia entry? With the Wikipedia entry. Yeah, yeah. So back to Wikipedia. So June 25th, 2007, uh, a statement regarding Nancy Benoit's death was added to Wikipedia on the Chris Benoit section 14 hours before police discovered the bodies. Wow. 14 hours before anybody even called the police, like, well, 10 hours yeah, yeah. before WWE called the police. Uh, the original article stated that Benoit had missed a wrestling event due to personal issues 
and the phrase stemming from the death of his wife Nancy was added a few hours later, uh, at around 4am. The Fayette County Police, not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but anyway, they discovered the bodies of Benoit's family at 2.30pm the same day. Uh, so there's a few different um, versions of this part. A lot of people say the police traced the IP address of the poster. I looked into it. That doesn't seem to be true. I don't think the police are good enough to trace an IP address, especially in 2007, yeah. that quickly. Uh, it seems it was actually a Wikipedia moderator, uh, not a, like an actual employee of Wikipedia, contacted yeah. the police because they had noticed it and gave them the IP address of the poster. Wow. And the uh, poster was traced to Stamford, Connecticut. Yeah. Which, uh, do you know, what do you know about Stanford, Connecticut? Is there anything famous about it? Is there Stanford University? No? Is it the same Stanford? Oh, I guess Stanford University is pretty famous. Because I was going to say the only thing I really have ever known about is that it is famously the headquarters of WWE. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's where the McMahon family are from. And it's the where Titan Towers, which is their headquarters for WWE, yeah. it's where, where that's based. So that instantly set off some, maybe not alarm bells, but it's very weird. 14 hours before the Benoit's are discovered dead. Yeah. His Wikipedia page is updated from Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah, and I assume that's the town he lived in, is it? No, he was in Atlanta. Oh, okay. So, well, which makes it even weirder. So Benoit, did, it wasn't like Benoit after committing a murder, updated his own Wikipedia page and then killed himself. Because I think that's actually what some people thought at first. Oh, okay. I thought that's where you were going with the story. Yes, I should have kind of leaned into that more, but yeah, that is what, what a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, which I think makes it, well, it'd be very weird if he'd done it himself. That'd be bizarre. But it's even weirder, I think, that it wasn't. That's Because he's the only that's person. really weird that it wasn't him. I thought that's exactly where this was going. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, that'd just be creepy, but it'd also be like, well, of course, he was the only person who knew Nancy Benoit was yeah, there. Yeah, so... It kind of makes sense that he'd do it. It'd be creepy, but there would be no mystery. But um, no, so it wasn't him. It was someone in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, the news actually, the media did get this story very quickly. And eventually an anonymous poster uh, accessed Wiki News to explain himself. He said he was the poster yeah. and it was just a huge coincidence and not more. Oh. But... Whether a coincidence or not, he was now a suspect in a potential triple murder. <laughs> of course. So this is before, like, this is a good lesson for just like, maybe don't fuck around on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Making up shit. <laughs> because God forbid you actually, the internet is full of absolute shit, uh, of just people making up things. Yeah. But God forbid you make up something that like within 14 hours becomes a reality. <laughs> so detectives... Uh, seized his computer equipment and uh, pretty much they just called the posting an unbelievable hindrance to their investigation. Yeah. Because not just where they now have to investigate this guy who may or may not know anything. He's saying it was just a coincidence but they obviously have to investigate. But they are also now being bombarded with phone calls of internet sleuths tipping them off. To this entry. They already know about yeah. it. And they're just, there's people online, conspiracy theorists, putting things together. 
and pointing to this Wikipedia entry as evidence that Benoit didn't commit the crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he it happened that he wasn't in Stanford. Uh, can you guess who they might, might uh, be pointing to as the chief suspect? No. Kevin Sullivan. Oh, okay. Of course. Her ex-husband. Uh... Yeah. So I don't know if this will surprise you, but uh, even in 2007, conspiracy theorists online were all about linking crimes to a satanic cult. Ah, classic. <laughs> and claimed that Kevin Sullivan was a high-ranking member of one. Yeah. And the true perpetrator of the Benoit family murders. The main reason for this was they uh, cited his past involvement with satanic imagery and storylines in professional wrestling. (laughs) So when he had that uh, stable, the Dungeon of Doom, they were kind of like... Yeah, yeah. He kind of had, not quite like The Undertaker, but the same kind of thing. He was this dark cult leader of a group in wrestling. Okay. So they believed that Sullivan actually was a legit Satanist. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, he had an obvious personal uh, and professional rivalry with Benoit. <laughs> so who who else? Who else could be behind it? There's also a claim that still exists to this day. Well, I don't know if to this day, but I saw a whole Reddit thread uh, from two years ago that was still talking about it as if this was a real thing. But uh, they claim that uh, it all makes sense because Kevin Sullivan went on to become, to work for WWE on the creative team and he eventually became a board member. Yeah. Uh, and therefore he would have been working out of their headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. Okay. <laughs> this, is at, this is just completely untrue. Yeah. Sullivan never worked for modern WWE. He might have worked there back in the 80s for a while. Everybody did at some point. But under like Vince McMahon and modern WWE, at, le- at least since they got the F out, like when it changed from WWF to WWE, yeah. he never worked there. <laughs> In fact, considering he was the one who drove all those wrestlers away from WCW to WWE, if he applied to WWE for a job for like on the fucking janitorial team, his CV would have probably been tossed. Yeah. <laughs> like he wouldn't have been allowed to work there. But like it's amazing. They just completely made up that fact that oh, he worked for WWE therefore he'd have been posting for Stanford but there's absolutely was on the board <laughs> there's no truth in it it's just mad how it happens with so many conspiracy theories yeah, yeah. it's just made up there's not an ounce of truth and I, I love a good conspiracy theory but it needs to be based on reality you can't just make shit up no when you start picking at them and they fall apart very easily and so the but think about that theory, like that theory is that he pulled off a perfect a murder that looked like a murder-suicide and then raced mm. back to his Stanford, Connecticut, to, to the wrestling offices and then decided to put it on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say, now I haven't even seen them mention it in this light, but if I was to go for the, to want to spread a conspiracy theory, I would say it was more like a Manson family type thing where he wasn't actually involved in the murders, but he sent his minions down to do oh, it. Oh, okay. And he would have been in Stanford the whole time. I don't, I didn't actually see that really talked about. because oh, he's the cult, because he's a cult leader with minions. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and he's not going to link himself to it. He, if somebody is caught, it'll never be linked back to him anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why he could be so cocky as to update it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm only helping the conspiracy now by giving a more believable angle. No, but also at that point it just said the wife, not the whole family, including Chris Benoit, you know, so. I, I sound like I'm defend, defending the conspiracy theory here, but, uh, well, maybe his vendetta was more against the wife. Because so. it was his ex-wife, wasn't it? yeah. So he just wanted to, it was just about mentioning her. Nan, was it Nancy, is it? Nancy yeah, yeah. Benoit. Just want to make sure we give her equal airtime as she is the victim, not just like, oh, that of wife, course, that yeah. woman that was killed. Well, she was called woman. Yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and Daniel, the son. Yeah. Although just completely off topic, but his son, his other son from a previous marriage, David Benoit, is actually a wrestler now. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that person or anything, but I just feel like uh, somebody should have told him to just think about a different career path. <laughs> just because the main reason being, like, he'll never, he he will never wrestle with WWE. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because they can never, they, they will never hire him. Yeah, they can't acknowledge the existence of his father, like, that's, or, yeah. or they won't, I mean, yeah. Even if they, and they do a lot with WWE because Vince McMahon likes Owen and the rights to characters, like they, they would typically give them new names. Yeah. Like, so they could hire him and give him a new name and all that, but the fans will know and they yeah. just don't want that association. Also, he looks the exact same as him. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Very difficult. I Like, it's what he loves, so it's what he wants to do, but I, it's just like he's making his life more difficult than it needs to be and yeah. already he's obviously living a very difficult life as is it's just it's very sad I find yeah that's really sad <laughs> so are there any other theories well we don't need theories because the, the user who posted it eventually did come forward and police uh, took his laptop and everything and were able to clear him his actual not testimony but police interview is online yeah. And uh, it is very uh, entertaining to watch because he's a, he's a 19-year-old kid. Imagine, like, just imagine the, the day you decide to just put some stupid joke about someone because it's always like jokes about someone dying is always really stupid and mm. never makes, it, it's never funny, never makes any sense. It never, it always backfires. And the day yeah. you decide to do that, that that person is killed. <laughs> Yeah, the the officer interviewing him, it's very funny because the the kid's just like, so I was posting on a forum and the cop is just like, forum? You know, it's 2007, <laughs> oh, yeah. please still don't know what forums are, they probably should. But yeah. And it's clear, like this kid, it's just a kid who is trolling and the cop is just like trying to wrap his head around like the culture of just making shit up on the internet. Yeah, yeah. The wrestler Benoit, mm -hmm. like he, there was like rumors going on because he missed the pay-per-view and like, and his um, scheduled dates, which he never does. Mm -hmm. And I was reading rumors and speculation online. Where online? Um, like on forums, I forgot the exact like sites. Um, uh, but I was like, like Okay, hold, hold on. On forums? Yeah. Okay. In any chat rooms? No, not chat rooms. I was like, I was just reading about it, and some rumors like came up, and I just yeah. What were the rumors? That his um, that like his family was sick, or someone maybe died, like his wife perhaps, because he missed 
the pay-per-view. Okay, so you saw these rumors. You're not sure exactly what sites, but it was in forums? I believe so. Okay. Mostly I kind of had fuel to the fire. It was like really more of my own speculation. Okay, uh, and what was your speculation? I just thought that his like, wife may have died. Or, so. Okay, and you speculate on yeah. how? No, I can't. I was, it was wrong. Did you speculate on how she died? No, no, just that she was dead. Just that she was yeah, dead. Yeah, nothing about okay. murders or anything. Okay. All right, go on. Yeah, so um, I was just on Wikipedia, and I just made the post. Because, um, like, a lot of people, like, on Wikipedia make, you know, like, unsourced mar- like, posts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it happens, like, all the time. Yeah. So I just, so this was just, like, I just assumed. I, don't, I can't really explain why, but it was just, just stupid. And I understand that culture. But I still kind of side with the cop where I'm like, yeah, I don't understand it either. Even though I kind of do, but kind of not. But it's back to like what we were saying on our episode about AI on the internet and stuff. And you were saying like when we started using the internet, um, you, you could be friends with an actual famous person on MySpace. And it was actually them because... At the time, nobody thought to pretend to be somebody else. It was such an innocent time on the internet. Like, there was no catfishing. There was no. There was no blue checks. There was nothing. Like, it was, like if if you were talking to, I'm trying to think of like whatever a singer from a band at the time. It was probably them, or as much. It was definitely them. Maybe not if it was like you know James Hetfield from Metallica. Yeah, but if it was like somebody from like a popular indie band, it's like yeah. they were just. Some of them might have still had like hired somebody to manage their accounts, but they were still official accounts. But yeah, uh, if you're like the singer from the Misfits, like yeah, you were just chatting to your fans. Yeah, because it was a good way to reach out to your fans and hear what they had to say and stuff. Um, that's funny. But this this is just kind of not creepy because I, I still don't believe there's it means anything. But when he was asked about like why he done it, like he was talking about how like during the pay per view. He was just on the the live chat, the chat room on WWE.com and people were just theorizing to why Benoit missed the event. Oh, yeah. And so I found an actual, just a screenshot. Oh, and it's just one screenshot of the chat from that night. It's amazing somebody even captured the screenshot because like the fact that whoever... Why that one? Well, whoever captured this obviously thought, oh, this might turn out to be true. So I'll capture a screen grab. I'm not even sure in 2007 I knew how to do a screen grab. But anyway, <laughs> was it the same? Was it still just control alt print screen? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, print screen was around for a long time. Yeah. But uh, so at 9:41 p.m., so I think the pay per view would have still been on at this point. Uh, a user called Jupiter just posted, and this is in a live chat, so everything's you know how live chats, especially on a big pay per view, moves really fast. Yeah, yeah. So there's only like a quick screen, a screenshot of just like two comments. And it, he just says, ben, Ben's, Benoit's wife is dead. Choked. Then a user called The Illusionist says, Chris Benoit is a murderer. Benoit killed his wife, like the racial slur in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, so like clearly more than one person is speculating here. Yeah. Uh, now, now, the illusionist, the user called the illusionist, he actually came forward afterwards. He he was a fan from Florida. Now, I think I, I he used the racial slur there. I think he might actually be a person of color and was using it the way Chris Rock would use it. Oh, I don't yeah, think yeah. He's actually being racist. Yeah. Um, 
because I assume if he came forward, yeah, yeah. you know, if you were actually using a racial slur, you're not going, oh, that was me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know the event he's referring to, but apparently there was some guy in Ohio who recently done a murder, suicide like that. Yeah. And he just said uh, some people were really just trying to guess why he wasn't there, just making things up and joking around. I join in and I always just try to make up the most outrageous thing I could or I can. And at that moment, that's what I thought of. So that's all like no inside knowledge. He just. But like he, he specifically said strangling like that. Yeah. Oh, man. But this seems to be the chat where maybe the other user got the inspiration to like he was probably on this chat and then decided, oh, it'll be, I'll go in and update the Wikipedia page and this will lend validity to what these people are saying. Yeah, because it's what people are saying. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a bunch of assholes making shit up on the internet, having, having you know, fun. Yeah. In quotation marks. Uh, Speculating mad ideas. And it ended up just becoming a bit of a hindrance for a few days on the actual investigation of a, of one of the most serious, or just the most serious of crimes that anybody could commit. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what the point of this episode was, only I think it's a interesting story. It's a horrible story. But yeah. um, I think the point is, is you can't believe anything you read on the internet. <laughs> But it's also like it's it's certainly that, but but we know that. Yeah. But it's also it just like shows how like I guess, just how dangerous trolling can be. Yeah, definitely. For one, this this guy who left who who changed the Wikipedia article, like if there was just if, if he had just happened to do a few more weird things, he might have ended up a bigger suspect. If they found anything else, I can't even think of what else could link him to the crime. But like, yeah. yeah. People go down for crimes they didn't commit, or even if he was like just caught up for a few weeks in an investigation, or like remanded in police custody until they confirmed he wasn't involved. Like, imagine spending 30 days in prison on hold. Yeah. So, as they confirm you didn't kill a famous pro wrestler, <laughs> all because you wanted to have fun, post a silly Wikipedia article. It's real, it's really childish, kind of teenager y. Yeah. Behavior of. Well, in a way, what kind of helped him is that he had a history of doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And actually, a lot of conspiracy theorists to this day, and even content creators, uh, still claim that he didn't. That he. In the conspiracy theory community, they talk about how this user had made other edits to where he had fixed other wrestler pages on Wikipedia. Yeah. Therefore, he always had inside knowledge. Again, untrue he did clean up there's a wrestler chavo guerrero who's friends with benoit he actually did clean up his wikipedia page but that's it he actually just has a history of vandalizing pages (laughs) (laughs) and that's kind of what like made the police that's what convinced me yeah this guy clearly is just he's a serial yeah vandalizer um because he had made other fake deck claims he had He'd done some funny stuff where, like, he changed he loads of towns around him. He had changed like the mayors, the the mayors and other polit- politicians were in the town to be his friends and stuff like that. Which that's a funny, that's a funny Wikipedia <laughs> prank. Really like if I if I changed the the wiki page of Malahide and made the mayor 
Shane Collier. Like that, that'd be that's an innocent prank. Like, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. But so in a way, that kind of saved him. Yeah. But yeah. if he wasn't doing it to begin with, he wouldn't have landed himself in uh, a police interrogation yeah. with, with his dad. That's the funniest part. His dad's with him. <laughs> You know, you've caused a big frenzy. Yeah. All right. And I'm um, terribly sorry. Yeah, now they've, you know, it, it's not much for me because it's interviewing you and, you know, if you cooperate, give us a computer. I don't have to do a search warrant for it and we'll get a forensic examination of it for Georgia. And they can tell where the rumors all started, you know. But it's just all of this came up before they even found the bodies. Yeah. You know, and you posted hours before. Yeah, this is the only post. His was the only post. Uh, that's on. Yeah. Where are the odds? Yeah. This is very local, but in in Ireland we have a radio used to be a TV presenter, but radio presenter named Ray Darcy, who, mm-hmm. uh, and for months and months and months there was this ongoing thing where someone kept going into his Wikipedia. And changing it that he moved to Dublin to be a rent boy in like 1987 or something. And then he'd get it taken down and then they'd update it again. The same (laughs) thing. And they just kept doing it over and over and over again. And it became this really funny, like, trolling where they just kept doing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fixing it back. And But it's the sort of thing of like, I think if he just ignored it or something and then the moderators might have just taken it down then that would have been the end of it yeah but because he reacted to it then they kept it. of course it's the destroyzend effect yeah yeah. Uh, which actually that'd be a good episode cover destroyzend effect oh yeah you know about that yeah no no go on Streisand do you say Streisand effect yeah okay isn't that her name the barber barber Streisand. Streisand yeah yeah okay you know no I'm not aware of this sorry oh okay well yeah, you can look it up or we can do it on a future episode. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, with the, the vandalising Wikipedia pages, I mean, myself and my friend Richie, who, you, who you've met a few times, yeah. we did vandalise our friend Dave's IMDB page quite a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was a much, that's a much, like you, you were talking about a local prank that's like a prank between friends but that was yeah. very funny we would just give him bogus credits of, for films he never worked on and th- did also just be it'd be like that he'd done camera up on some like porno or something yeah yeah probably not even anything that bad i think we kind of just made up movies that he was in we gave him yeah. like a lot of acting credits but he works in the camera department <laughs> yeah. see we never like he, he works within like the crew of a mo- of on sets yeah uh so i always thought like well adding fake credits as an actor doesn't like that shouldn't affect him in any way yeah boy I annoyed him the <laughs> <laughs> saddest one of those kind of trolls is I'd heard it's going back about two or three years and I'd heard of the teacher in my old secondary school and um, he taught my older brother as well and my older brother lives abroad and he was home and he had heard through his friends group when he was home having a couple of pints that this particular teacher had like killed himself and it was oh, this no. big shock and all this kind of stuff. And then 
I was like, oh my God, that's mad. And then I'd looked it up and everything and found like some article about it and then sent it to all my friends and all this thing. And it turned out is a prank just some former student put up on Facebook. Wow. And it was like bullshit. It was just completely made up. It was literally, but the mad thing about it is. Well, that's better where that I thought was going to go to he killed himself because no, of no. a prank. But the mad thing about it was, so it was like, that teacher retired probably a year or two after I left school. And this was like, like I'm nearly 20 years out of school. So this was like 18 years after he retired as a teacher. So the youngest anyone he thought was like in their 30s. And they thought, oh yeah, that teacher I had 18 years ago, I'm going to say he killed himself on Facebook. Like, why would you decide to suddenly do that? Like, 18 years later. Yeah, that's really... I can't, I can't understand the motive for that. It's different if it's like a 15-year-old student does and a teacher who's given them detention too many times and they're pissed off at them or something and the teacher's out sick and then you start spreading a rumour around school that you, that, that teacher's dead or something. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the level of thinking and humour that goes yeah, from. Like, some people are just... Like I can't understand it. Like, bonkers but this kind of puts it on it, but I think it's that same level of maturity I know you you see your man is 19 but it's that same level of like thinking that shit's funny or something like well the worst I, I heard from like a, a person not personal but like secondhand experience was a friend of mine his older brother lost his mobile phone on a night out one night yeah this back in like 2003 so before like fingerprint uh, yeah, lock screen. It was just yeah. yeah, you had to actually before you even had like to draw a line. It was like you actually had to put in your pin. Yeah, yeah. It. So a lot of people didn't bother because it was too much effort. So he left it unlocked, and somebody wrote out basically a suicide note and just texted it to all of his con- contacts. <gasps> oh man, Jesus! Like, where is the where is the prank? There, you're just yeah horrendous like who I can't think of what type of person does that like that's awful but and this thing like we're talking like so forget about what happened with yeah, yeah. Chris Benoit and his family if if there was if it just turned out well they all just had food poisoning and that's why he no showed an event yeah, a family member could have still seen that Wikipedia entry and still thought that like Nancy had died yeah yeah exactly you know like you, there's always like you do any prank like online where somebody there's still a human at the other end it doesn't matter that they're a celebrity or a famous pro wrestler yeah, yeah. like I just don't yeah I don't I don't understand people yeah, yeah. tying with real people like that but um, yeah, yeah. like the, that's the fucking internet but like the funny way to troll especially on things like Wikipedia is for me to say go to your Wikipedia page and then make up something about how you're like the cream pie eating champion of 2006 or something, you know, this kind of thing. You know, it was actually 2007. That's the prank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just, just and fill it full of innuendo. And that's why I chose cream yeah. pie, you know, and yeah, like yeah. that, like that's funny. We're like, to say, he retired from hot dog eating because cream pies were more of his taste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah. we're getting but, crass. But but like that would be funny. Is where I'm going. That's funny. Just, That's funny. Or like, well, 
we talked about it on our, our, our first episode or our second episode about Polybius, about us, yeah, yeah. us wanting to create a hoax about the Polybius movie. Yeah. Like creating that as a prank and trying to get in the news. And the joke is we're, it's not, obviously it's not going to work, but the joke is we're doing it just to try and coax uh, an actual sex offender out of hiding for him to try and sue us. <laughs> like, that's a funny reason to create a hoax. It is like, a great reason. In fact, it's a, it's an, a noble reason. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're heroes, really. Um, I think we are. We deserve much more credit than we get. Yeah. We at least deserve a lot more reviews. Whether we're, and maybe we're not heroes, but we at least deserve more reviews. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, that was a bad wrap up. Say what you were going to say. I'll, I'll cut that part out. I, I have no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I just ruined that. I, but I think, I think we've kind of said all that needs to be said. Um, yeah. This wasn't so much of an internet mystery. I mean, there was a brief mystery. You were, you were in the dark for a few minutes, but uh, yeah, yeah. it was solved very quickly. I mean, I don't think I even need to ask you. Do you think there's anything to the conspiracies? Was Kevin Sullivan actually involved? I mean, it could have been, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it is, uh, the story is, it's pretty simple. It's an idiot teenager yeah. fucking around. You know, he fucked around and he found out, but uh, he didn't, it didn't go too bad for him. It could have went a lot worse. Like, I think that kid, he was so lucky. He yeah. was so lucky. Really lucky. He, he didn't even get a slap on the wrist. Oh. He probably got a serious bollocking from, I hope his dad slapped him. <laughs> just, it didn't, didn't beat him up. I just hope once they were out of the police station, I hope his dad just gave him one firm backhand around the side of the head. Yeah. Like, and that was it. I'm not like, like you're no, fucking idiot. Yeah, just, or a kick up the arse. Like, no serious violence, just like a solid fucking boot up the arse. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think it is a good episode, and the lesson is, it's like everyone lies on the internet, but just just think about what you're lying about, and if yeah. you're trying to be funny, be funny, you know. I yeah. think that's the main thing, because there's nothing funny, like whether Nancy Benoit, like that guy making the Wikipedia entry there. There's no, there's no actual joke. No, because it's like, oh, well, somebody died, like, yeah, like would it be funny if they didn't die, but you believed they did? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, not really. There's no. Where's the prank there? Yeah, yeah. You're not fooling anybody. It's it's like those bad April Fools jokes where you just tell somebody a lie and then you go, Ah, April Fools. <laughs> who, who who's the fool here? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You just told me a very believable thing, so I believed it, and then you told me it wasn't true. It's like where, where's the punchline? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah. Just just be funny. Just be funny and don't believe everything you read on the internet. But uh, what was the sign-off? Hail Gorgon. Oh, hail Gorgon.